This episode of Beyond is sponsored by Borderlands 2 VR and PlayStation VR. Do not underestimate the power of PlayStation. PlayStation. Salutations, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Podcast Beyond. Filling Beyond. in for Jonathan Dornbush, I'm Max Goville. Joining me, Brian Altano. Hey, how are you? I'm fine, thanks. And Tina Amini. Hello, Beyond. Later on in the show, we're going to have Andrew Goldfarb to come on and talk about Persona, which I'm sure will be just fine. But in the meantime, <laughs> Tina, you got up bright and early to play some Red Dead Online. Sure did. It just launched in a kind of weird closed beta today. Mm-hmm. I want to hear all about that, but first, a little bit of housekeeping we're going to be doing Beyond Live very soon on Monday, December 10th in San Francisco. Doors open at 5.30 p.m. It's going to be a live recording of Beyond at 6 p.m. You can try out Borderlands 2 VR early and hang out with us, and you can sign up for a ticket at the link in the description of this very episode. So please, before Tina tells us about Red Dead, why don't you go do that? Yeah, come come party with us. Yeah, be a good come time. hang out. Uh, okay, we're done with all the housekeeping. I think we're good. Yeah. How's Red Dead? It's Red Dead. It's more Red Dead. So Red Dead 2 Online launches this week. Um, as of Friday, I think it'll be officially open to the public. Uh, it's really genuinely like more Red Dead 2. It opens up and you have a character creator, so that's a little different. Uh, you can do all sorts of things like mess with your makeup. I really appreciated that they had matte lipstick versus like other normal lipstick. I feel like that's not remotely historically accurate. Yeah, I don't think they had matte lipstick back in the, back in the day, can but you, there were lots of options there. Do you, can you play as a girl? Yes. Oh wow! Because so you know you can only be a man with lipstick. It's <laughs> yeah, it's very strange. <laughs> but it's is it a full blown character creator like from the ground up, or is it like GTA Five where you have to design your grandparents and then like crossbreed no, yourself you, um, or whatever? It's, it's pretty much from the ground up. Uh, I would I would say it's not as like the most robust character creator, so you can't go in and make a Sadie Adler or whatever if you wanted to. I don't think so. Mm-hmm. Um, but you pick between a man and a woman. There are various hairstyles. Uh, there are some like sliders, so you can mess around with the length of things, the positioning of things. So you know, there's some. There's some depth like, in there. What do you mean, like the nose and like the? Yeah. Can, so you can exactly. make like a big goofy idiot man. You could totally do that. You can make like big goofy ears. I think they even call it goofy ears. Really? Yeah. The names of things are really cute. So like, I picked a lip um, option that was a smoocher, which basically just meant like really big full lips. <laughs> wow. So I went with the smoocher um, for my teeth options. I chose gummy. Which means no teeth. Wow. Oh, because I decided if I was gonna have disgusting, like yellow, brown, like yeah. only two teeth on the top row and three on the bottom, I might as well just go no when teeth. We, right? yeah, when we when we first saw idea. Red Dead at that behind closed doors demo, one of the first things that jumped out at me is how appropriately historically disgusting some of the teeth were. Yeah, yep. uh, which is the thing I noticed because my my wife is a dentist and we watch any film or game or whatever, and she's immediately like, "Oh, those are bad teeth. Let me tell you why." And I'm like, "I just want to enjoy the film." But uh, <laughs> it's good to know that they're doing good historically accurate uh, gingivitis. I like. She that will they have, have lots to say about yeah. the teeth yeah. in this game. Do they I like have that they have cutesy nicknames for all yeah. like the weird? Like it sounds like something you would call somebody in a in a bar. Do they have yeah. old timey peony teeth? They have, um, uh, I forget the names of them, but they, they, uh, they, it's pretty much that. Piano teeth is the... Are you the, talking about like when they drop a piano on Daffy Duck and he smiles? Yeah, when they're Why, all Brian, like that's exactly what I'm discussing. Because <laughs> they do, they, they're either like really sharp or there's really legitimately only two on each okay. row. So it does look like, you know, they've been in some fist fights. Cool. I never really understood how that happens to Daffy Duck, by the way. With like yeah. the piano lands in his head. We're just kind of like... Right in his mouth. I don't think ducks have teeth. Or if they do, they're like on the roof of their mouth or they something. They can't talk either. It's a cartoon. Plus, anyway. if that happens, it would definitely just be gummy version. Yeah, I think the duck would just yeah. die. Um, <laughs> but, uh, Fair. Speaking of wildlife and uh, murder, uh, is the Red Dead world, it is like the full-blown it's, Red Dead open world. Yeah, I mean, as far as I can tell on first 
blush because it's only been two hours that I dove into it. It's and it's very much just scratching the surface. But you dive in. There's a story mission. Um, you're kind of given like a camp right off the bat uh, and introduced to a character who sets you off to a couple of your quests. Uh, there are stranger missions. There's random encounters. Oh wow. There's a, I killed a cougar at one point. There's like a bunch of wildlife around that you would normally expect. Um, but and, there is a story. There's like a absolutely yeah. Oh, that's, wow. That's so cool. Okay, yeah. so I mean, with GTA Five, we definitely saw it, you know it's got like it's got bits of like story in there, but it felt for the most part kind of like a just a multiplayer component, just like segways, of, yeah. yeah, yeah. And the world felt noticeably more empty, yeah, uh, which I think was you know the limitation of it being built on like last gen technology. Mm-hmm. But this time around, would you say like this is almost like another? another act of Red Dead kind of? Yeah, it legitimately feels like when I'm walking down, there are people greeting me, although it's a little odd because uh, as far as I could tell, I couldn't greet them. I could emote at them, Mm -hmm. which is how you kind of interact with other players if you don't have proximity voice chat on. Um, But there's tons of players around too, and that's impressive considering it's still in this closed beta structure as of this morning. Do they know that this game was gigantic to begin with and we didn't necessarily need this much more of it already yeah you know i i wonder if they were expecting people to be done by yeah. this point but it's they're still very much cautiously framing it as a beta Got it. um and that's because of the you know mishaps that went down with gta online uh, a few years back with it launching and not to like you know perfection so i think they're taking this one slow yeah. uh, and expecting that people probably wouldn't have finished it well it seems like it's, it's a, a pretty stable launch especially compared to you know how gta launched yeah um but I think it's they're you know, far more prepared this time. Yeah, it mm-hmm. is good that they're they're being you know they're calling it a beta and they're kind yeah. of slowly rolling it out. But I think there's also much more of a precedent set for what you know the, like the long tail of an online Rockstar game looks like, especially after GTA Five. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And obviously they're going to add more to this. But right now um, there are a bunch of modes. Uh, I don't know which ones you got to play, Tina, but I'm going to run down these really quick. Um, there's shootout and team shootout, which is just a nice cowboy way of saying deathmatch and team deathmatch. Uh, there's make it count, which is Battle Royale with knives and bows. There's Most Wanted, where everybody gets points per kill, and the more points you get, the more points that you're worth if somebody kills you, which is kind of a nice uh, variation on, I don't know, getting points or whatever. And there's Hostile Territory, where you take over different territories. And there's Name Your Weapon, where the more ludicrous and old-timey the weapon is and the more difficult it is to use, the more points you get for actually killing somebody with it. Uh, So those are some some very interesting modes. I have played Deathmatch. That's out it? of those yeah that's okay. it so we because what we did uh ryan and i were streaming this morning and we did a couple of story missions did a couple of stranger missions uh and then tried to rob a train and it didn't go so well so mm. we just shot the town up in valentine <laughs> sounds about like um, red dead yeah yeah exactly so so we had a little bit of fun there but we did stumble upon a deathmatch uh just arena and you can kind of like you can load in through your menu or you can load in through just finding a kind of like podium around the world uh and so it was it felt like my my character was moving a lot faster and i saw a lot of people like doing these strafe techniques already weird yeah it felt like a little bit more fast paced than Arthur would normally well that's interesting because I mean obviously that's like one of the bigger complaints that people were pretty outspoken about with Red Dead was that just character movement in that game is sluggish decidedly and you know sort of tied to the time period um but the idea of like the fluidity of like a deathmatch kind of scenario you need that yeah no totally now like what do we know about this battle royal thing? Because this just sort of like slipped out this morning, right? Yeah, I mean, we know pretty much what what uh, Max just said is it's kind of the same conceit of you know the map kind of narrowing in down on you. Do you hot air um, balloon in? A... No, but that would be cool. You should because I missed that one scene in in the campaign. Yeah, yeah. I feel like you just you you probably wake up by a campfire and everyone's there to they're just going to do a yeah. They're just like everyone's killing each other. Yeah, I'm I'm really curious about this. I like the idea of it. Like starting out and everyone's got some throwing knives or a bow and arrow with a few arrows, but 
being able to find other stuff is, of course, set makes it more fun. Um, yeah, that's very much more the, I guess, the like classic style of Battle Royale, whereas mm -hmm. I don't know if they're going to be doing it that route. I, w I wish I played so I could tell you, but uh, I think it's more like just centered on it being the rock star version of Battle right, Royale. Right. I'm sure that they're going to they're gonna tweak it and, and do stuff in response to what the community just wants Just get some rocket do. launchers in there. That would be interesting. Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> what, what weapon are you picking? Oh, the cannon. I mean, um, it wouldn't be the first time they put some random Easter eggy thing in there. So. No, totally. Yeah. yeah. I'm I am like so excited to see what the long tail of this is because like, you know, there's you know, there's there's little glimpses of sort of future technology in, in Red Dead, you know, sprinkled throughout. And of course there's you know, you look at what they did with GTA, which is a fairly grounded you know, setting. And then they're like, you know, fast forward and they're like, we got spy technology, we mm -hmm. got a bunch of crap from Moonraker, we got Tron motorcycles. Like I hope they throw in that tarantula from Wild Wild West, some flying <laughs> machines, old timey gyrocopters. Mm -hmm. All the best references. Wooden submarines. Um but yeah, uh, what kind of stranger missions did you have in there? Like, did you? Um, we went on one where we basically hunted a bunch of targets. Uh, we ran into Bonnie McFarlane, which was in the first game. Uh, oh. Yeah, so that's very early on, so I wouldn't worry too much about any spoilers right. there. But uh, we go get a cart for her. Um, so you're, you're doing a lot of this of similar activities that you would be doing in, in the main game. It genuinely, like, genuinely, genuinely feels like just playing the game over again. But there's other players that you can mess around with. And Ryan and I did get into some griefing. What happens if you start griefing people or? If people come up and kill you like how does uh, that your honor goes down and so your honor level actually does matter in this game so you're you're reset with i mean you're not playing arthur mm -hmm. so you reset in terms of you know your money or your weapons um so you don't have any of like the similar access and that includes your honor too so you start right from the get-go right down the middle uh and i did not mean to no i meant to kill ryan he stole my horse so here's the thing if you you have to posse up to make sure that friendly fire is off if you want to do that so i invited ryan to my game but we became enemies, I guess, um, because he turned red on my map. And I think you have, you have to posse up in order to like be able to play friendly. Uh, and so he got he meant to get on my horse with me, but he stole my horse. And so I turned around and I shot him because I thought it was funny. And my honor went down. So it definitely does work in that realm. And then towards the end, we were just griefing people. Uh, this this one player, Kevin, sorry, Kevin. Um, <laughs> he was the only one there. Uh, we just started griefing just to, to have a little fun. So we were like lassoing him and dragging him through town while I shot the cops behind us. It was what you would expect out You've, of a You, you lassoed know, Kevin star. and dragged him through town? Well, uh, Ryan lassoed Kevin. Mm -hmm. I just him. shot him a few times. Got it. God. And then he, you can break free from being lassoed by other players. That was the Kevin. <laughs> exactly. Now, obviously, like uh, one of the sort of more overt things about GTA Online that I don't think a lot of people really remember or recognize is that it was sort of rife with microtransactions, but in a good way. There was stuff like, you know, $100 gold planes and uh, very crazy over-the-top weapons and skins and stuff like that. Did you see any of that here? Like, is there any hints of that yet? Nothing like that I've seen so far. People were asking about that while we were on the stream and there was nothing that popped up. Uh, I wouldn't, you know, necessarily say that there isn't entirely because, again, it was just two hours and I really felt like we just scratched the very minimum surface of I saw something. I was I was reading a few different articles around, but I think there's I think there's two different currencies, kind of in the same way that I think that GTA has that, where there's this there's the there's dollars, but there's also gold. I think. Yeah, I jumped on my PS4 over the weekend to check out like all the Black Friday, Cyber Monday digital sales going mm. on, and like one of the big things up there was discounted price on GTA Five currency mm. and just spending. It was weird because it was like there were sixty dollars video games for forty dollars, and right next to it there was like eighty dollars worth of GTA currency for sixty dollars, and I was like. 
Wow. Yeah, people have different Which priorities. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, a buddy of mine plays a ton of uh, GTA Five, and he's you know he he works in games, but he, it's funny because I'd go over to his house and I'm like, "What are you doing?" He's like, "My car flies now," and I'm like, "Oh, and how does that work?" And he's like, "Well, I'm an adult, so I have real money, and I wanted a flying car, and now I go in the game and I fight the children who just play the game." Yeah. And it's like that's I mean, I you could argue that's sort of pay to win, but that's mm-hmm. not really in a competitive. You know, setting like he doesn't get to use it in races or anything. He just uses his career around in the open world. So yeah, I mean, it's also the sort of like just cultural ecosystem around the way that game lives narratively is sort yeah. of always been about balling out and like looking bigger and better yeah. than everybody and having the best stuff. I mean, the fact that there was like story missions in GTA Five about insider trading, yep. you know, and it was about the general like evil nature of you know consumerism in in LA. But like, I wonder how that's going to look in Red Dead because it seems like it's a little bit more egregious if you're buying shark cards and you know gold yachts and stuff. Yeah, I mean, yeah. the whole point in Red Dead is supposed to be like you earn your way through because you start off pretty like you know low and beaten mm-hmm. and battered in the campaign, and you kind of do uh, in the main story for. Uh, online as well so it's it's supposed to be that you earn through it which is why people who are using that gold bar exploit uh you know felt a little bit like it ruined the narrative in the game because you're like fighting for survival yeah. right. i do i do respect the fact that like <laughs> like rockstar obviously they have you know they have trophy support and they have online components with you know microtransactions but they still have cheat codes in their games yeah. which is yeah. very nice there's something kind of and they make it fun to that. discover it's like part of the experience yeah did you get the sense? I know it's way too early to tell, but did you get the sense that this is going to be a like world-crushing oh. s- series of events in the same way that GTA Online was? I mean, here's the interesting thing: is that it's off to a better foot, I would say, than GTA Online. So it's already primed to be. But the interesting thing about Red Dead in general is, I think it's pretty divisive, like, yeah. critically speaking. Um, the, the amount of people who like love it versus hate it, it seems pretty split. Uh, so I feel like the same would be said for online as well. I mean, a couple people in the stream were saying like, wow, this is really boring to watch. And for all I know, that might have been me. But at mm-hmm. the same time, I think it's also that you spend a lot of time like riding from one part of town to the next part of town. And this it's a big map. And when you spawn in, you actually like have your camp at a randomized location uh, and your clothes are randomized, randomized and whatnot as well. So like Ryan spawned in close to Valentine. I was closer to Tumbleweed. So we were like on opposite ends of the map, oh, wow. essentially. Um, so there's a lot of riding around to meet up with people. I think some of the um, some of these like multiplayer modes would be entertaining huh. uh, and, and keep that shelf life up there for sure though interesting cool. yeah I mean I think we'll we'll know for sure when MPD hits but like uh, it's obviously yeah. gonna be the best-selling game it was right behind Call of Duty but it, it sort of tail ended release wise I mean it's there's millions it's, of people are gonna play this. it's gonna do fine it'll be I, okay I think that the appeal of Cowboys stuff is considerably less than like Lamborghinis and Jet Fighter stuff yep, that's but the I think thing. it's it's still gonna do fine not but, everyone's um, into a western I mean the yep. cool thing is that it will have the long term support that GTA 5 did mm-hmm. yep. for, you know for better or for worse uh, now moving on uh, the game awards are just around the corner Jeff Keighley has been uh, teasing those relentlessly uh, and we've got a couple little rumors that are floating around uh, because of those. Um, oh, before that, should we talk about how we'll all be there and then we'll be at a fan fest thingy? Yeah, do you shape? have the details on that? I don't, do you? <laughs> Not offhand. Check right. IGN.com for details on the IGN fan yeah. fest. We're, right. we're throwing a meet and greet the day after December the Game Awards 7th. in LA. So if you're there, come say hello. Free admission. If you can't make it to the uh, Live Beyond in San Francisco and you're in the LA area, yeah, that is come what? There. That is December 8th? 8th. Uh, yes. The Friday right. of that week. Here, I've got, I've got the info. Well, there we go. IGN Fan Fest 2018, the Globe Theater, 740 Broadway, Los Angeles, December 7th, 6 to 11 p.m. Uh, RSVP at IGN events at IGN.com. There you go. There we go. And if you need someone to do your homework for you on the bus, Tina Amini. Uh, But yeah, (laughs) so Game Awards are coming up. A couple things floating around. People are saying, are rumored that we're going to see 
Uh, Death Stranding release date, possibly, or maybe yeah. uh, Ghost of Tsushima. Jeff Keighley tweeted out just before we came in here that there were going to be 10 brand new reveals at the show. Um and that that will sort of be a mix of never before seen games and new stuff for games we know about. So that's awesome. If you look at like last year, one of the one of the bigger reveals was Bayonetta three. That was a big surprise. There was also um, the <laughs> motorcycle got added to Breath of the Wild. So weird stuff happened yeah. there. I we saw that more as a big reveal. That's kind of people were people very were happy. About no, I'm not that. saying people weren't. I'm just you know. I like how we're just attacking well, Matt yeah. now. Yeah. What are you talking about? <laughs> so I will say the cool thing about that reveal was that it was one of those, and you can play it right now right. type of things. Um, so I'm hoping for that here. But obviously, um, Death Stranding is probably a big one. He's friends with Kojima. Kojima has brought uh-huh. some form of this game to literally every trade show. So they're, uh, they're bros. They're yeah. they're good pals there. Um, so I'm sure we'll see something for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, whether or not it's a release date, I really hope it's a release date. I would love to find out that that game is much closer than I expected. Yep, uh, that would be very cool. Um, one thing interesting on Kojima, who is always going to different places and taking photos and stuff, he posted a photo from uh, some Fox office where he was uh, sort of hard posing, hard styling with a with a xenomorph egg. He was just kind of hanging out with that, and he was like, "Yeah, I'm here at the al- I'm at the aliens room or whatever." Mm-hmm. And then from the Game Awards account, there was a nice uh, little sort of res- response to that. And then just yesterday, a game called Alien Blackout got trademarked. Uh, Suspicious. Which seems like maybe we're going to get a new Alien game. Uh, now the background on this uh, is that it uh, Cold Iron Studios, uh, which got picked up by Fox Next, which is the Fox wing of uh, they're kind of do- you know doing their own sort of WB Games approach. Um, they have been working on an Aliens-based game for PC and consoles, which would have, I believe, a multiplayer component of some sort. It's supposedly going to be a shooter. We don't know much about it beyond that. But uh, I kind of hope we get a new Aliens game. Me too. I Yeah, I mean, you and I have long sort of just gushed about how awesome that franchise is. It's... Fantastic. Like even a more shirt. Yeah. Even How even even the bad ones have some good stuff in them, except for AVP, which is whatever. Um, mm-hmm. But There's Alien, like a I certain s- level of cheesiness that you've got to appreciate. Yeah. The, the first one actually has some interesting stuff. Um, but the last <laughs> game we got was just a few years ago was uh, Isolation, which was a really awesome take. Yeah. And before you go in the comments and start saying that Ryan McCaffrey got something wrong, just. Just ignore the score, um, okay? No, I, I will say that that game was was way longer than it had any right to be. That was the biggest issue with that game. And yes, like sometimes having more sandwich doesn't make it a better sandwich. It mm-hmm. just means you have a lot of food to eat. Um, this was a really cool take on it because it's completely locked into that sort of feeling that the original Alien movie had of be- basically being Ripley uh, in the ship on your own and hiding from something that was stalking you. It played off of... Uh, like a lot of sort of big horror games that were happening at the time, like yeah, Amnesia what, and what's uh, the other one? The big one that I'm forgetting just launched on Switch recently. Uh, Outlast. 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 Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, but it was like 20 hours long, which is kind of ridiculous, yeah. and it kind of got over the top of the end. And a couple of years before that, um, I don't want to talk about Alien Colonial Marines because <laughs> that game. That game. But was a couple of years bad. before that, uh, there was the one that Sega made, yeah, which that, was like that was Alien, Alien Predator, Predator yeah. that also had a Space Marine angle yeah, to it. Yeah, it was that was you know, three-pronged approach, which was, of yeah. course, sort of the... That was, like, a uh, less well-received version of the old PC yep. Alien versus Predator 2, that was which like, everyone praises as the best one. Yeah, 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 which was, I think, 2010. Um, and I actually liked that one a lot. 
Um, so what yeah. kind of combination do you guys hope in the next one? So I do want maybe just like in chapters. So it that's hits a really all good question. Yeah, I would love I would love a story that does have that sort of like stealth hiding aspect to it, but then also lets you go guns out because I, like me gun ahead. If you ask me which do you like better, Alien or Aliens, I can't really tell you because some days I like one and some days I like the other. Yeah. So the thing I love I love Alien and Aliens. I would say probably equally, but they're very different things. Mm -hmm. uh, and like whereas I can watch a horror movie, I don't really like playing horror games that much and like isolation i respect the hell out of that game but i was just it wasn't for me yeah. um so i like i just I don't, I don't like no i don't like shit jumping out at me mm, you know i don't like the fair. thing about a horror it's movie is if you sit there with your hands over your eyes the movie progresses yeah. mm -hmm. if it's a game and there's a thing down the hallway that's going to kill you i'm just like i'm not going down yep. that hallway and then you just stay in the hallway yeah i know, you know? i mean that that's why like let's plays for uh for horror games are so popular because mm -hmm. watching someone else play is totally different from you actually playing yeah but, i will uh, say that if they do capture any of that um please put it on psvr please do that yeah, like get get that horror element, that first person horror element. Um, that said, I will say I don't want any I don't want any shit where you play as the alien. I hate that. It never works. Mm, yeah, when you're like crawling on the ceiling, it's just so goofy. It completely breaks. Yeah, I feel like the time for that has, has kind of passed. They were yeah. toying with that that asymmetrical multiplayer with uh, with Colonial Marines, uh, and then like Evolve came out, and then I don't know. I feel like that's that ship has sort of sailed. And, like, I, I, gonna... I still like the conceit of it in general, but it doesn't yeah. work in the sense of like that's supposed to be the primary thing of tension for you. So in a multiplayer setting, okay, maybe, but in general, it's just like I this feels wrong. Like I should not be the thing that is hunting I, me. I don't think a lot of video game developers really understand how boring it is to climb through uh, air conditioning vents. Yeah, that's and yet fair. we have to do that in like every game. <laughs> yeah. Every game has <laughs> vents. Yeah. Turns out they're all loading screens. Yeah, they're, they're a big part of, of, of Aliens lore though, the but vents. Back to what we were saying, I do want it to be very Aliens inspired where it's guns out, shooters, um, you know, uh, just huge mech suits and, and uh, yeah. flamethrowers and yeah. grenades. Like, I don't know where that franchise exists right now because the last movie we got was Alien Covenant, which is of course more rooted in Prometheus and kind of the horror stuff, but doesn't have any of like the Sid Mead uh, world design that the like none of the sci-fi stuff or not the, the the mechanical stuff which mm -hmm. is so I don't know if it's going to be it's supposed to be a shooter I guess I don't know what that looks like um, I guess we'll have to wait and find out but it's something to look forward to yeah that's awesome so there's that um, yeah I'm sure by the time this episode goes up something else will get trademarked or leaked or whatever but mm -hmm. in the meantime we have to take a quick break so we'll be right back Borderlands 2 VR is just about to be a very real actual thing thanks to PlayStation VR. What a world! What a virtual reality world! Finally, the iconic shooter looter is getting in your face, on your face. Come December, you can virtually step into the boots of a treasure-seeking vault hunter armed with 12 bazillion guns on a quest to stuff your pockets with even more guns. Blast bandits with real-world aiming, punch psychos in the literal virtual face, and race around in stolen vehicles and free Pandora from Handsome Jack's virtual reality clutches which are now even more handsome and even more clutchy thanks to PlayStation VR. In case you live on a distant fictional planet under a piece of scrap metal, PlayStation VR brings gaming to virtual reality. It makes your heart race, your pupils dilate, and your instincts take over as you discover new worlds. With PlayStation VR, you can fully immerse yourself in more than 250 incredible games and counting. Keep an eye out for Borderlands 2 VR on PlayStation VR. Greatness awaits. Uh, moving on, Andrew. We hey. brought you here for a very specific reason. Oh. You've been dancing all night. I have. I've been dancing Star Night and Moon Night. <laughs> Moon Night? Yeah, it's uh, Persona 3 and 5 dancing are out very soon. These uh, come out December 4th? Yes, yeah, yeah. Uh, beginning of next week. And we uh, we didn't have a review for it because it was just like with Thanksgiving, there wasn't really time to jump as deep as I'd like to. But um, man, those games are so fun and, and perfect fan service, uh, especially Persona 3. 
it's really weird seeing how many people I think are jumping back into that, not having played it in like eight or nine years mm -hmm. and are remembering that there's like a lot of like magic to those characters. Oh, and you see it in like everything's in HD and it's so pretty. What are these games, you weird man? <laughs> uh, they're okay. So uh, they're dancing based spinoffs of Persona 3 and Persona 5 because about two years ago we already got one from Persona 4. Uh, that was dancing all night. Mm -hmm. And that one is Persona 4 dancing was very much, it weirdly had very little dancing in it. Uh, that one was actually a pretty long, it had like a campaign. It was like a visual novel. These are much more arcadey and pick up and play. And um, you basically, you know, play through a bunch of, uh, they're, they're really cool like remixes of existing Persona 3 and Persona 5 songs. And then they have like live performances and they have all kinds of other stuff. Um, pretty basic rhythm game as far as like this stuff. But then there's um, a uh, like confidant, like a social link mode where you get these little vignettes and eventually you get to this point where you can like, you like go to characters' rooms and like explore. Okay. And what? you can do that in, in PSVR. So oh, whoa. Cool. Okay. Yeah. It, you it's like, like poke around their apartments? Yeah. You just find little cute like Easter eggs and stuff they have hidden. And like uh, one of the ways you unlock that's the final. called robbing. <laughs> well, it's like they they leave you in there for a reason. Like everybody's like, oh, like hang out in my room. I have to go downstairs and make yeah, go through my stuff <laughs> while I'm gone. That's that's really strange. Uh, and you find there are like these hidden velvet room invitation cards, and you get those, and then you can unlock like stuff that comes later. So like, cool. Is there a physical aspect to the dancing part? Like, are you using no controllers or it's all dual shock? That stuff's all dual shock, and it's um. It's on it's digital cat. on Vita or digital or physical on, on PS4. And yeah, I mean, like, it's really cute. Like, it, one of the weird things is moments like this, like, you call in, like, a partner to dance with, and they do these really, really funny uh, fan servicey things where, like, if one character doesn't get along with another one, they'll, like, be giving each other dirty looks while they're dancing, which looks really great in a video, but is, like, hard to appreciate while you're playing. Mm -hmm. So it's also weirdly a fun game to watch other people play. Oh, okay. cool. And for people who like whose first exposure to Persona was Persona Five, would you recommend this? Does it yeah, have the, absolutely. Does it have like uh, storytelling components to it too, or little tiny ones? Yeah, like there's those little social links that get you these funny little vignettes, and like some of them do reference Persona Five plot points, and they're just like they're just these kind of feel good, distracting, fun games, uh, and like. It, the thing about Persona games is the music is so, so, so yeah. good. And no, so, like, if you fall in love with the P3 or P5 soundtrack, um, I think they're really good. Plus, Persona 4 Dancing only was on Vita. And now, if you buy these, it's a triple pack. So you oh, get cool. Persona 4 on PS4 for the first time. And the, or Persona 4 Dancing, to be clear. And then uh, Persona 3 and 5 Dancing with it. And they're is, fun. They're really coming, easy platinums, too. Are these coming to Vita, too? Uh, 3 and 5 are coming just uh, digitally, not okay. physical in the U.S. So if you, still, still, if you still have a Vita, you can you can download yeah. them? They're really good on Vita. They're really good on planes Sweet. with headphones. And they're just, I mean, number one are, are, again, really easy platinums. But number two, it's just like, it's a really easy kind of low effort way to dip back into that world without doing a 100-hour replay of Persona 5. Awesome. Um, now, speaking of dipping back into worlds, you've been dipping back into the streets of New York City in the Spider-Man DLC, which you were yeah. dying to talk about. Yeah, I just, I really, I'm, I'm so happy that we get an excuse once a month to go back to Spider-Man mm -hmm. uh, because, like, you know, the main game is funny because I, I love it and I love playing it. And, like, I, I think it, it isn't perfect, but it is probably the game I played this year that I think about the most often in terms of playing. I tweeted a bunch recently about how God of War was my game of the year, and a bunch of people were like, I agree, but also Spider-Man is more fun. And I was like, yeah, mm -hmm. you're right. Because, yeah. like, you, you can have a game of the year that's different than the thing that was the most fun. There is nothing like... Spider-Man this year. Like, whipping yeah. around in that world is, is exactly what we wanted. Yeah, and I, I played the first... Cool leather jacket. These DLCs are, like, really fun little, you know, what, two or three hour total things to just burn through. Um, the first one, like, I 
beat everything in one sitting. Mm -hmm. uh, this one came out during Thanksgiving week, so I'm, I just got a chance to dive into it this weekend. But I actually, they do like really smart little character things with some of the characters in the main game. And I like that these feel episodic. Like they're they're all part of the same story. Yep. So it's just like a, an easy little continuation. I, I think the story for this one's under 90 minutes. Like you can burn through it pretty fast. I think this is a fantastic way to take lesser known Spider-Man villains and give them their own sort of like episodes yeah. within this game rather than waiting for a mm -hmm. whole sequel or anything. Um, I'd be interested interested to see if they ever do anything like this, but with bigger villains, like yeah, they do Venom or Carnage, like as DLC. I feel like down they're the gonna they're gonna save that for the. I do too. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I think it would have gotten like I'm actually happy they still have some heavy hitters to save because I think the first game has some iconic villains, but not all of them. Like I feel like you don't want 30 villains and then nothing left for the sequel. Well, I actually really like and Max, you haven't played it yet, but I'm excited for you to go back and play this stuff. But the tombstone side quest stuff in yeah. the main game is really well done. And it's just like a fun boss fight and then some Mary Jane sneaky bullshit. That's exactly what these are though. Like I mean like the this one, uh the first one, the first DLC did have it was all black hat oriented. It, it does have one Mary Jane mission. And then this one, Turf Wars, is all just Spider-Man. It's, it's, I think, even a little shorter. How, cool, um, how quickly did you sort of, like, acclimate with the controls again? Pretty honestly, quick, pretty quick. I thought it was going to be really bad. But, yeah, it, it took me a minute to remember little things like how to heal and how mm -hmm. to activate my suit power. But, like, you remember in two seconds. I think it's because, like, really nothing has played like this. I remember yeah. going from Horizon to Breath of the Wild back to Horizon, and it felt weird because those games were pretty similar in a lot of ways. Yeah. Um, no, I think there's, there's like a baked in muscle memory for Spider-Man. Yeah. There's something about like that that traversal and that yep. and the combat's sort of Arkhamy enough that it's I don't know, we oh, all yeah. have that muscle memory. Kind of square yeah. after I've been a playing point, a ton yeah. of Red Dead, which is just com so completely diagonal from where this game yeah. is. So. I've got I'm saving up these uh you know, the DLC and also like I, I left a bunch of side missions untouched because I was like, you know what, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to come back to this game for DLC eventually. Yeah. So like I I have probably like a I don't know, like a a quarter of that game maybe you probably have like yeah. 20 hours of like that's like yeah. christmas Rhymes break and yeah. yeah that's plenty of it's stuff so to good. do so i mean honestly like for i'm doing the screwball challenges right now and it, it's totally perfect to throw on a podcast or whatever a netflix show and just kind of do it in the background yep um i do you know i like having these once a month they have a third one that's announced called silver lining that is supposed to come out in december i would almost love to see them push it like i i wouldn't be upset to have this come in january or february and and be a little meteor well what's really cool is for anybody who gets who gets the game for christmas is they're like oh hey there's the full game and, and then there's this extra season of right you know, dlc which yeah, i really like the way you switch between them too you do it in the menu and you literally switch to a different campaign so yeah. you're just in like it doesn't like the map completion from the main game isn't affected. This is a completely separate thing. You oh, can nice. leave or come back to it anytime. It's really, really nice. Which, by the way, um, a, a ton of people bought this game over the weekend through Black Friday and Cyber Monday. The yeah. uh, PlayStation 4... Um, I guess like what the the base level PS4 with Spider-Man was $199. Um, which, which is insane. Just... Completely insane. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, if you're if you're digging into this for the first time, um, check out our wiki. They have tons of cool stuff there that you can find. Um, this was, yeah, this is just I I loved hundred percenting this game. This game is this game is so much fun. Like mm -hmm. I think that like when I finished it, I was like, God of War is a better game, but I think I like this one more. Yeah, that's I think that's like kind of what I was like touching on was like yeah, it's it's and it's hard to quantify that. Right? I think end of the day, this game made me happiest this mm -hmm. year. Like I, as far as just having those moments of just like oh sheer childlike joy. Yeah, we absolutely. should definitely have like our big you know game of the year episode debates on this. Oh, we show, will. But yeah, yeah. But I think that like that's a really cool thing to sort of think about when you're thinking about like how this year worked for you as a gamer and what you played this year. For me, like God of War, like hit all the notes story wise. But I don't think I ever want to play it again because it was just you so know, perfect right there. I thought that too, but like I I actually just jumped in for a little bit recently and like 
it, it's interesting how you remember something versus when you just put your hands in the controller again. Like combat feels so good in that game oh, too. God, and like it's awesome. Once you have like the really like high level abilities and and even just having your axe come back to you, like it, it feels better than mm -hmm. I remembered. Like it is it is still an incredibly fun game to play. Yeah, but I so I think like what I'm trying to say is like there's there's a difference between like the best game you played, the most fun you, game you played, and the game you played the most. Yeah, absolutely. You know, like there are three very different. Yeah, because there's, I, I think, like Pokemon for you is probably the game you end up, you're end up playing the most this year, right? Or Pokemon Go, uh, probably again. Well, yeah, that's. But true. is that is that the best <laughs> game of the year? No, no, no. I mean, right now, like it would take, and I'm I'm barely into Red Dead, but like it would take so much to topple God of War for my game Same. of the year. Um, in terms of like the best game of the year, God of War is like it for me right now. Mm -hmm. But that said, yeah, I don't know that that's the game when I'm like. Like, oh, I have an hour to kill. It's not necessarily the one I feel like jumping yeah. into. Um, now, moving on, uh, I want to talk a little bit about what's out this week. Uh, we are definitely kind of, we're sort of shaking the bottom of the bag to yeah. get the last few games of, of the year out there. Um, it's always weird after, after like Black Friday and Cyber Monday where you're just like, oh, they all came out. They're yeah, all trying to get in front of the busiest shopping week of the year. There's yeah. still like, like Darksiders and Just Cause. And yep. Um, Smash Brothers is coming out. Like this, this is just... Come on. Yeah, there's some Guacamelee 2 DLC on November 28th. We're getting a character Ooh. pack on December 7th. There's challenge levels. Friendly reminder to please play that game. That yeah. game is phenomenal, and I don't think enough of you played it. And it's on PlayStation, and it's really goddamn good. Yeah, it's a hard year because uh, that came out um, right around the time Dead Cells was out, yep. and uh, obviously Hollow Knight. And there's like all these things that are really. Uh, so not really that similar when you actually play them, but like they kind of scratch the same itch. Yep. Uh, and then here for 2D stuff. There's yeah, also absolutely. the uh, Darksiders 3, which I feel like has been in the works for forever. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, this was, I mean, it's it's at that weird point where, like, I feel like THQ Nordic is just resurrecting THQ very gradually. Yeah. Like, scooping up all these little bits and pieces they're of like, old franchises. They're and, wearing its skin. It's really weird. Yeah. Like, that's gross. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, this is a franchise that I never, like, I could never get behind. Uh, I know a lot of people love it because it's like, it's like gritty image comics takes takes on Zelda kind of. Yeah, that's, you just described exactly why I never yeah. really got into Which it. Which is, I know like Alana Pierce who used to be on the show, like adored that those games, but like, I feel like our difference in like what, like what that aesthetic is, yep. is completely differs. So, uh, well, the thing is with video games is that ultimately you have to look at them the whole time. Yeah, exactly. And if you don't like the art of what you're looking at, which is why I bring up like art direction and aesthetics on the show like every goddamn day. Um, that really makes a big difference between loving it or not. Also, the reviews for this game are wildly all over the place. Really? Yeah. yeah. Uh, I know that we gave it, what, a seven? We gave it a seven. GameSpot gave it a four. Everyone's been somewhere in between those two. Okay. Yeah. It, so so it's, it doesn't sound like a game of the year contender, but it's... But I think if you really like that series, there's probably still something there for you. Yeah, totally. It's funny because like I didn't get as into Darksiders 1. I weirdly really got into Darksiders 2, but I hit around the halfway point of that game. You, you're building up to doing a thing, and when you finish doing that thing, they're like, oh, now go do these five things, and it opens up again to like a whole other half of a game, and I just stopped there. I mean, mm. even though the game like wasn't, or those games weren't for me, I feel really bad for that, like the wind being taken out of that studio's sales, Definitely. because they like, they got their, their shit shut down. They got completely, yep. you know, decimated, and this is like, this was supposed to be a franchise about the four horsemen of the apocalypse, you know, which is yeah. a cool, ambitious idea. I feel like maybe, I don't know, maybe do one game about four horsemen and then work from there, but doing one horseman at a time is an interesting approach. So yeah, it's um, I mean it's a, it's also a weird time to put it out. Yeah, but it's it's out there. Uh, and then next Monday, we're finally getting the PlayStation Classic Ooh. little box uh, that everyone's okay. So yeah, yeah. Let's talk about that because the review embargo for that lifted today. Yeah, uh, if you're listening or yesterday, whenever yeah. it was. Um, and people are 
pretty lukewarm on it. Yeah. Um, we gave it like a five. We gave something? it a 5.5. Yeah. It's really uh, hard. The, the to review not, is up. Like not having it just, there are so many games that are so important to that console that aren't on it. Yeah. yeah. And so I don't want to say this thing was doomed from the start, um, but I will say that it did fumble out the gate. Um, the first time we heard Wind of the PlayStation Classic, which if you're uninitiated is a tiny PlayStation with what 20 classic games on 20 it. Classic games is 100 bucks. 100 100 controllers, bucks. yeah, non-dual shock. Yep, yeah, no. Uh, and here's, I mean, it's I did a plug and play system yeah. like the NES or SNES Classic. Obviously, and we first heard about this thing. We only knew about like what four or five games. Yeah, it was five games, and they were like pre-order now, and we're like, but what are the other 15 yeah. games? Yeah. It it felt kind of sketchy from the jump. Uh -huh. um, this this felt like one department pitching something cool and a different department working with third parties on these remasters, and then they both got into the same meeting room and went, "Oh, you can't put Resident Evil Two on there," and like, yeah. "Oh, you can't put Prop on there," and like, I, I feel like it's just. It, it's in this really weird boat where the things I remember when I think of PlayStation aren't the things I can play on it. So that aside, um, because I that I think we've like we've all done the conversation about like what's missing, but to talk about what's actually there, yeah. Um, I think the issue is that from what is there, um, a lot of it is a either like the weird PAL version that has like 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 uh, was it Tekken has like weird frame hiccups and stuff like that. The UI is completely bare bones. Yeah. So I mean, um, the, there's the, a, there's a lot of things about it that just sort of like yeah. on quality quality of life levels don't feel like the the perfect way to sort of celebrate the system yeah. or archive the games. I feel it. like it shouldn't have been that hard to drop like virtual manuals in there or you know stuff have like, like have box art like just detailed stuff. I mean, there's this I little box art, but like stuff where it's just a really the like, NES and SNES classic had um had like a QR code thing you could scan with your phone that would pull up like uh, manual PDFs. That I think that it has that. Does it have but that? having like, I don't know, having any kind of like, just, it, it doesn't feel like it, it feels kind of homebrew in a weird yeah. way. It does. And like uh, almost sort of like, I don't want to say like soulless, but just sort of, yeah. kind of empty, like a DVD menu. I mean, the, uh, the sort of the bottom line here on our review is the PlayStation Classic is more like a half-hearted nod than a top shelf tribute to Sony's era defining console. Um, I did a I did a video feature which should be going up really soon about sort of like how, is this worth it like is this what what's the breakdown here and basically if you're looking to get these 20 games legally this is the cheapest way to do it definitely yeah uh, you still can't play them with a with a DualShock controller you which know is sort of a bummer. what the what the rarest game like Persona Persona hands down is is the is the hardest one how much get. does that one go uh, for, that usually? goes for like 60 bucks loose yeah. okay. with just the disc oh wow. um, so yeah. not even complete. and that's I mean if you were to buy but, all of these discs loose I think it would be around 200 bucks and that's not even like those might be scratched up and useless if you're a, if you played persona 5 don't buy this for revelations persona like you will not it is yeah. it is nothing like the modern persona games it's like really interesting lore wise if you want to be really nerdy but like i've actually never made it all the way through it it is mm. um it is very whereas like persona 2 i think would have been awesome to have on here um there are two different versions of it and i think it's a little bit more getting closer to kind of what defines the Persona franchise. But Revelations is, is yeah. a very different game. Uh, it's weird. A bunch of stuff on there. Um, there's also a, four games aren't available digitally. Um, and it's, let's see, Intelligent Cube is only Japanese PSN. So Which is a really cool game, that. by the way. Yeah. Uh, Tekken 3, Battle Arena Toshinden, and Grand Theft Auto, uh, you cannot get on PSN. Mm -hmm. So there's basically no option to get those legally. Like I don't, you, I don't know if you just buy them for PC or I don't know what what you do for that. You know, oh, weird. Yeah. Uh, and then, ironically, if the option to play this these games on PS4 through PSN, like 
to get a membership for a year of PlayStation Now is a hundred bucks. Yeah. So if you want to play these games, these seventeen or sixteen games or what, like whatever the hell it is, the the full roster that's on this little box, you don't want to pay a hundred bucks for the thing. You got to pay a hundred bucks to stream it through your your PlayStation yeah. Four. And it's I just, will say, I will say this: um, this is a hundred dollars, and a PS Four with Spider Man is two hundred dollars. Yeah, like yeah. I don't, I don't want to like equate quality to value and stuff like that. But what what bums me out about this thing is that this is not, this is not like we talked about, you know, GTA Online earlier, right? Where it launched and it was sort of like halfway there, and then it grew to something bigger. This thing is is done. Yeah, like this is Tony. Uh, Tony, Sony put this system out. <laughs> Tony PlayStation here. What's going on? <laughs> hey, come on down to Tony PlayStation. All right. Um, no, Sony put this thing out, and it's just like halfway there, and it will be halfway there forever. Yeah, yeah like I there's mean, no way to. I mean, fix maybe this. we get a PS PS one, like the, the little tiny one, and they shrink yeah, that down even that, more. And that'd be like a weird iterative. Make I do think yeah. that like if you are the most diehard PlayStation collector, it is really cute. Like the the physical form factor of it is cute. It will look great in a shelf, even if you don't play it. Like as a collectible, it's mm -hmm. actually kind of cool. Yeah, I will a little say pricey, I, but it's yeah. cool. I have the NES and SNES classic like on the each side of my soundbar under me my too. TV, and they're just like they bring me joy just looking at them. So if you want a tiny PlayStation or a Tony PlayStation, Tony you PlayStation. know where to get it. Uh, I I will say though that like most. Most of the chatter around this thing is stuff that we don't know yet, which we will find out very soon, which is whether or not this thing is hackable and if there's a homebrew scene available to, to exist. I mean, on. that could but, very much change what this device is. But yeah. Uh, yeah, at the point where you're doing that, though, like there are other options that. Yeah. I, I Again, know. yeah, but don't be one of those like those, you know, those. Raspberry Pi guys. Well, the Raspberry you know Pi guys, guys will be soon to chime in here. I, have one I guess those, I'm yeah. more saying that, like, if you are desperate to play Final Fantasy VII, there are many, many, many other ways to play Final Fantasy Get it on your what, phone. No, what Get it on PlayStation 4. What people want and what they did with the NES and the SNES Classic, which we, they'll hopefully be able to do here, is hack this thing so they have a small PlayStation they can throw in their backpack, bring to their friends, and be like, you have Resident Evil, you have Tomb Raider, you have Crash Bandicoot, you have Metal Gear, all the classics. So, like, you got Ape Escape, and it's like, yeah, but we don't have DualShock controllers. <laughs> yep. Oops. Exactly. Anyway, uh, yeah. Yeah, so it's that's kind of a kind of a bummer. I was I was like, ah, is this gonna be the is gonna am I gonna do it for Puzzle Fighter and Metal Gear? And we got to play with one, and I was like, nah. Did you guys have pre-orders? No, uh, no, I don't anymore. But you can't. So you canceled it this week. Yeah, uh, yeah. I was kind of on the fence to begin with. I'm here's my thing with these consoles in general. When it, I think the NES Classic was what sixty bucks, yeah, which is the perfect impulse buy. It's like buying a game. As these things edge to a hundred, mm -hmm. it is less of a like seriously like for the. At most half of the library I'm interested in, like I'd rather buy it piecemeal, yeah. Or even on Vita, dude. Like on Vita, you can get these PS1 classics for like much less than buying yeah. this entire thing. Uh, isn't PSTV also a great way to play a lot of these games? Uh, yeah, I still have my my Vita TV. You um, got it's a memory card that'll cost you though. Yeah, that's true. You, you know, what would be a nice a nice thing would be yeah. a, a, a Vita memory card to SD micro SD adapter. That would be great. That would solve all the Vita's problems. I wish. I anyway, I think for the people who got this thing. Like if if it knowing all of this armed with it this knowledge if it still sounds appealing to you good on you like I don't think there's anything wrong with it like no, I don't it's, like like I like it I just I don't know it's not it doesn't quite pull it off for me the so way I that know. I play stuff in the backlog I have it's just not for me right now so I mean looking at it like the the big problem is pretty much uh, not just Activision and doing their remasters and stuff but also like the licensing issues run into with Gran Turismo having official cars and yeah. uh, licensed music tracks on Tony Hawk and then. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, Mr. Driller used to have like an entirely Eminem soundtrack, and they yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, not a lot of people remember that. The Mr. Driller LP. Uh, anyway, we got to wrap things up. Uh, thank you all very much for joining us. Uh, Jonathan Dornbush will be back probably next week. I don't know. I don't know where he is. I can't. 
say. Anyway, uh, you can find us all on Twitter. I'm Max Scoville. Brian is Agent Bizzle. And Andrew is Garfep. Tina, I think it's just Tina Amini, but she left, so I can't ask her. Mm-hmm. And we'll be back in a week for more PlayStation Beyond. Tony PlayStation. I just said PlayStation Beyond. That's not even the name of the show. Oh! I wonder they fired me as host. Big Tony PlayStation. They should get Tony PlayStation to take over. Tony PlayStation. <laughs>